I want to start a band called Bifidus Digestivum. Hello and well, oh no, I'm Phil Smith. That is my name. Uh, I've got like one catchphrase and I don't even do it right. Hello, I'm Phil Smith and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. We have got five more of Eurovision 2021 songs ready for your audio perusal and we will be summing them up in the next 48 minutes and 26 seconds so just long enough for your normal commute which you're probably not allowed to still do or a particularly long bathroom break joining us as ever we have the talented one that's Minnie Meyer hi Phil we have the speedy one it's Dan Irvin Hello again, Phil. We have the knowledgeable one. That's Alex Smith. <laughs> Hello. And we have the charismatic one, Simon Rickenback. Oh, yeah. That was high pitched. That, that was the nicest intro yeah. for Simon. I, I was mean, caught off guard. <laughs> I mean, it, the... it was very much with the audible uh, air quotes, I think. I had to, you know, I'd prepared myself for the sort of the wanker nut punch. <laughs> that, that was going to be with the appropriate high-pitched voice yes yeah, so we are mere days away from eurovision at this point and so we thought it was apt and proper that we look at five of the favorites for this year's eurovision song contest what did we make of them on the whole generally speaking uh dan uh, you know as as it goes for a Eurovision in Isolation podcast, I think it's a decent group. For the favourites for a Eurovision, it's possibly a little shaky, but there's some decent ones in there. I'd agree. I'd agree. I don't think it's the most listenable group of favourites, but, I, you know, solid. Solid, if unspectacular, at least for this group of five. Now, I should say that Two of the songs that may well have been considered amongst the favourites have already been covered in our Hero Nation episode. So, Switzerland. Look at his face as if he was involved in the production of the Swiss song. <laughs> Just a reminder about you know my views according with that of the general public, of course, always welcome. Switzerland and Italy, both very much possible entries into this episode had they not featured look at alex's face he's, he's thoroughly entertained but the italian song that he absolutely did not enjoy is up there <laughs> uh, i should say that simon these the swiss song has dropped down to third place in the standings at the moment below two of today's songs so i will enlighten you at the end as to where these uh, are all placed but should we make a start? We'll go with song number one. This comes from the Eurovision Tour de Force. That is, of course, Sweden. And it is Tusa with Voices. Can you hear a million voices calling out in the rain? 
Not a million voices there, just the one. Tusas. Dan, why don't you talk us through this one? Tusa here with a very bold entry. He sings a song about what I'm sure must be one of Phil's Eurovision tropes. Can you hear the voices? While wearing one of Hugh Hefner's jazzy dressing gowns. <laughs> I think this entry has a lot going for it. You know, firstly, uh, Tusa here is really expressing himself on the stage. He's challenging established gender norms, I think, with a lot of what he's going for here. Uh, at least that's how I interpret it. And we know the Eurovision fan base are keen on that kind of thing. You think back to Conchita Verst and uh, acts like that. Secondly, this song is a, is a really interesting blend, I think, of something quite useful and modern. Uh, Tusa takes to rapping at several points, which I believe is, is popular with the youth of today. Um, <laughs> and it combines that with a really very Eurovision-friendly sound. It actually reminded me a bit of Euphoria minus the dance beat. Ooh. Overall, it's a strong entry that I hope does really well on the night. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you've said, Dan, but Euphoria comparisons... That's a bit of a reach. But no, you, you're, you're, you're bang on. He's, uh, he's right on trend, shall we say. Uh, Mini, would you want to be one of Tusa's voices? Uh, not particularly. I watched it a couple of times, just trying to find something to say about it. And I still ended up with no notes because it's just not very interesting. It's not bad. Very generic Eurovision, middle of the road. Euro pop. I'll pick up on Minnie's point there because I, I feel the same. When I was listening to this, it reminded me quite a lot of um, like a One Republic song. Which is kind of ironic given they describe themselves as being musically quite middle of the road and a bit of a sort of musical magpie where they're just sort of a, the a sum of their parts. I think the song does lots of different okay things quite well, which when you add them all together makes a good song, but a little bit like One Republic because it's almost painting by numbers, Eurovision. It's not especially standout. I, it wouldn't surprise me if this came 10th. I know what Alex means. It is pretty Eurovision by numbers. There is a sort of protest song that is so generic that it you couldn't probably tell you what protest it is actually about. As Dan correctly pointed out, it's the Eurovision trope of a million or a billion or at least some voices calling for something or other. Simon, what were your thoughts on this one? <laughs> so I almost really like the song almost but there's two things that cause me concern and overall i end up with the impression that this isn't even the best eurovision song whose main refrain is a million voices first of all i can't in good conscience give my 12 points to a song that has the line can't stop us now forget the haters uh i don't know what it is about the word haters but it's like fingers on a chalkboard to me I, every time it comes up i just sort of do a little you know don't like it uh, and secondly, and I should say, I do think this is probably the best like musically arranged song today. But I thought the performance left a lot to be desired. You know, it's quite hard because we're comparing some live audio to some studio. But at Melfest, I think Tissa uh, misses some notes, particularly in the key change. So it's one way you're hoping that the execution's a bit better at Eurovision night. 
so overall yeah I, I kind of liked it but i can also see the sort of oh, it's generic kind of complaints from the others i'll go as far and apologies to the other members on the panel i'll go as far as to agree with you simon sorry everyone haters i know what you mean it's everything post uh taylor swift that has referenced haters just seems to be jumping on a bandwagon that i would rather jump off it's like when someone wheels out uh, uh learnings at work it's not learnings it's lessons it shouldn't be haters it's the assholes or you know something There's, there, there must be another word for haters what is it detractors detractors that wouldn't work in the taylor swift song would it detractors right. gonna track 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 <laughs> so not to go all black eyed peas on you all but i've got a feeling that <laughs> <laughs> so i i I've, I've been holding this in since the first episode um i shared the link to this podcast with colleagues and one of them said the host is a bit partridge and and i and i've i've been i've been holding that in because i thought was, that's, that's a bit harsh but you know what i don't want to black-eyed peas it but i've got a feeling i can I, i've got to mention that now that is that is so partridge sometimes you are so partridge again i'm going to challenge a bit i am a lot partridge i think <laughs> there's a there's a lot of contrived elements and uh maidly-esque moments that uh, come out of my mouth but i don't think that this is going to do very well i think it's all a bit generic it's all not quite strong enough and there is a little bit of a pattern so tusa as many before have come from in melfest comes from Swedish Idol, the pop idol format that's still popular in Sweden. And he won the 2019 season of that. A lot of the participants in Melfest do come from Swedish Idol, uh, but usually they're a few years down the line. So Loreen and Monzemelov both competed back in the early 2000s and then won in 2012 and 2015. Uh, the few times when someone has made the jump straight from Swedish Idol into Melfest and won Melfest, they have been the songs that have done disappointingly for uh, Sweden at Eurovision. The actually quite subpar This Is My Time in 2010 from Anna Bergendahl and the 2013 effort from Robin Stenberg, the actually quite brilliant Schlager banger, uh, You. But they both, well, Anna Bergendahl failed to qualify. Uh, Robin Stenberg finished in the bottom half of the table. And I think Tusa is going to follow that pattern. I think there may just have been a few too many people still voting for him left over from Swedish Idol and not based on this song alone. Don't think it was the best song at Belfast. I don't think it's going to do well for Sweden at Eurovision. So... Uh, we don't have prediction games, so we can go straight into everyone's favourite format point. It's the do's and nil poise. So, any do's poise for Tusa? 
And are any of you amongst naysayers for his million voices? No. Okay, so two, sir. Generic as it comes, no votes for, no votes against. We move on. Song number two comes from Malta. Now, Malta have never won the Eurovision Song Contest. And so their most recent effort comes from Destiny. And this is Jumacas. After I've answered a survey on YouTube, which of these products would you consider buying? Uh, they are all toothpastes. Oh, it is partridge, isn't it? Now, Destiny is going to be a familiar face to some of you. Destiny has competed on Britain's Got Talent, probably most famously in this country. But around the rest of Europe, she's probably most famous as a former winner of Junior Eurovision with her song, Not My Soul. Uh, she's got an absolutely humongous voice, which she uh, demonstrated with her 2020 effort that obviously never came to pass all of my love and I feel her voice just goes slightly undelivered here she's got an incredible voice but I just don't think the song demonstrates it enough it's a little bit too basic the the big moment is a drop down into trumpets and she can never really demonstrate the incredible soul voice that she has. So that's Destiny. Do any of you remember her from Britain's Got Talent? It's I only watch for the dogs. Uh, I usually watch for the, um, the magicians. <laughs> it's going to be episode whatever number this is, 2021, and aha! <laughs> Aha! Simon, what are your thoughts on Destiny and Malta? I uh, so few thoughts. Um, <laughs> I liked that this song and Sweden were both kind of up-tempo, and that's the sort of vibe I want from Eurovision this year rather than an extended morning session. But yet you love Switzerland? <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, that's different, though, because it's real. It's raw. That's because um, it's real, it's raw, it's Swiss. <clears throat> it, it's, it is real and raw. And uh, you know, I think to, what you're seeing today is really the golfing class between uh, Jean's Tears and, and the, sort of, the stuff we've got today. Cut, really. cut him off there. Dan, what were your thoughts on this one? It's a good song. Um, Destiny is clearly very talented. And I think this could chart pretty well if it gets some momentum behind it from Eurovision. But I don't think for Eurovision itself, it's got enough going for it. You know, they throw in that jazz bit to try and make it a bit a bit quirky, but, and maybe if they do it well on the night with the right kind of staging, maybe that could work. But overall, it comes across a bit more TikTok than Eurovision. Fair, yes, I get the TikTok vibes. Alex? Do you know what? This is, an, this is a colourful, energetic, 
empowering song. It's bombastic. It's it's sexy. I think it's fluid. I think it's brilliant. I think, as I say, it's 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 raunchy at times. I think, depending on how they stage it, uh, this could go down really well. And I think that the 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 characteristics I just mentioned could go down really well with the Eurovision voting public. And it wouldn't surprise me if this um, did did well on the night. Interestingly, this song, it's highly rumoured, had been submitted to Melody Festivalen with the singer Dina Nahr attached to it, uh, with it being rejected. The songs are quite often shipped around to various countries, which is why uh, quite often maybe the English song will have Danish songwriters, or in this case, the Maltese song has predominantly Swedish writers. So... Do you think Sweden were mad to turn this song down if it was with another singer? So I watched Melody Festival this year and I didn't think it was a particularly strong competition. Uh, This probably would have done all right in it. Um, I don't know if it would have been enough to take it past Tusa's choice. I think it probably depends who they would get to sing it. Um, and how they staged it. But I think it, it could have certainly been a challenger. Uh, right. So, any uh, 12 points for Destiny and Jemakas? Nope. Not taking the 12 points here. Any nil points? No. Same as two, sir. We move on. To song number three. Song number three comes from another returning artist for this year. After previously attempting to represent Bulgaria in 2020, Victoria is finally getting her shot this year, and her song is called Growing Up Is Getting Old. ballad. Alex, why don't you talk us through this little number? Uh, yeah, so uh, Victoria, uh, growing up is getting old. She's backed here by a uh, string quartet, or quintet, I think, actually, possibly, that admittedly rarely plays their instruments, uh, with an addition of a guitarist, uh, a pianist, and a drummer, which breaks Eurovision rules. Um, and as such, my review and analysis will stop here. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Presumably, they will have to slim down one of the string quintet, uh, or, or maybe the guitarist or bassist. I'm not sure, entirely sure which, but he didn't do much plucking on the damn thing. So, what I think Victoria does with this song is absolutely nail John Lewis's next Christmas advert soundtrack. <laughs> um, whether or not she nails Eurovision, I don't know, and I don't think so. We we shall see. Um, Yes, it is uh, a lovely song. It's very twee, and it, it, it does show off a range, uh, her range. Uh, it's it's very well put together um, with the supporting act. If uh, the voting public are in a similar sort of mood as, as they were back in 2017 and with Portugal, it, it may well end up 
the top it's very sincere there's sort of the lyrics have got this kind of dual meaning which is sort of quite thoughtful and cerebral uh but that said i I feel like based on some comments that i've made in previous episode and others have made i I feel like the eurovision public are going to be up up for a bit more of a uh sort of energetic and bouncy winner this year yeah more of a more of a bop um and and as such uh this this may not win but um uh, yeah, a, a, a strong effort for John Lewis's next uh, Christmas soundtrack. Yeah, cerebral is the right word. I think it is. Uh, it's a it's a slow, slow burn. Mini. Uh, Alex compared this to uh, John Lewis adverts and Salvador Sobral. Any musicians that you wish to compare this one to? Uh, I wrote down. Um, an acoustic cover of Take That to Rule the World, as performed by Rory Gilmore. <laughs> niche. Real <laughs> fucking niche, Minnie. A star so bright Blowing up is getting old Anxiety is draining Getting old With the kind of snoozy strings and pretentious lyrics. I think it's liable to annoy people seeing this quite young person sing about how awful it is to get old. I, th- I don't think this song is actually as much about getting older as it is about mental health and anxiety. Um, but I did look it up in case uh, that it was about getting old, in which case she is 23. And that did make me think, I would quite like a Eurovision song that was about, you know, genuinely about growing up and getting older and the things that are bad about that. You know, first of all, it starts off with small things, like you start preferring starters to desserts, and then you, before you know it, you start buying ginger biscuits, and then eventually, you know, it hurts when you take a shit. And <laughs> that's just the, the sort of progression of things. And maybe a song about that could appeal to me. Well, I guess what I'm saying is there's, as a white middle-class man, there's not enough Eurovision songs out there now that are appealing to my taste and the experiences that I have in my life. <laughs> so next year, you would quite like the UK to submit Ginger Biscuits Getting Stale. By Engelbert Humberding. I agree. We need more songs that really identify and fly the flag for declining digestive health. <laughs> We don't we we don't talk about it enough. I mean, obviously, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, I feel like cause... our WhatsApp group is a lot is a lot of poo in our WhatsApp group. Just a disproportionate amount of poo. <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. Um, Dan, should we move it on from shit? Yeah, and go a bit more highbrow. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is a, a beautiful little ballad. Another beautiful little ballad, I should say, from Victoria. Um, she's got an incredible voice. Uh, which is perfectly suited to this soft little number, and again, probably the same with last year. But as opinion with last year, and I think this this is just agreeing with everything everyone else has said so far, but um, I just don't see people getting behind this. Not this year, and I probably wouldn't have seen it last year either. I just, it's just a bit too depressing, isn't it? And lastly, I just want to comment on the the lyrics. Um, uh, Was it Alex that said they were sort of thoughtful? And she twists it from growing up is getting old to getting up is growing old and to me that just came across a bit you know i'm 14 and this is deep um it's not profound she just sounds like a moody teenager 
I completely agree with what you're saying, Dan. But also, that is me at sort of 8.45 after 12 months of lockdown. Like, getting up is bloody growing old at this point. Like, I would rather just stay in bed at this point. And I know it's not deep, but it is my feelings right now. I'd say after that conversation about digestive health, Dan is saying soft little number. (laughs) (laughs) If it wins, of course, it would become the second uh, fecally themed Eurovision winner after Waterloo. The thing is now, having mentioned that you're partridge at the beginning, every time you make these jokes, there's a there's a cool couple of seconds of silence. Fucking partridge. He does love ABBA. (laughs) Right. Douze points. Anyone want to give this their full marks? It's their favourite song from the pack. No. Okay. Only two songs left and no one has cast a vote for douze points yet. Exciting. Uh, Nil points. Yeah, I found this vulgar area. Nil points. Well done. Nice. Like that. Um, anyone else with a nil poir for this one? Yeah, my my thoughts for this were a bit um bit all over the shop. And so, yeah, I gave it, uh, after some serious uh, thoughts, uh, I gave it zero. Uh, right, okay. Two nil poirs for Bulgaria. Not great news there. So... We'll move on. Let's move on. I think it's about time on all points that we move on. Genuinely, can I have a toilet break? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long express how embarrassing this is. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be. Uh, Dan, how was your toilet break? And it was a nice, soft little number. Yeah. (laughs) Right, moving on swiftly uh, to song number four. This one comes from France, so we'll automatically qualify for the final. This is Barbara Pravi with Voila. Simon. Yeah, it's uh, French Warbler. Yeah, this is probably the most classically French number I think we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have been out of place at Eurovision in the 60s. Voila, sings Barbara, a name that also wouldn't be out of place in the 60s, over and over again. Uh, And at some stages, she even sings Voila, Dans le bris et dans le silence. There you are, in the cheese and in the silence. I might, I might use that as a saying. I think it means in the noise. You certainly can't argue it's not well sung, but I just think musically it's not very ambitious, is my opinion on this. It's just a bit old school. And uh, while it's pulled off well, I don't think it's very interesting or original. And... I think the the sort of the thing that almost saves it is the interesting camera work at the end, which I'll be interested to see how they replicate it. 
Okay. Uh, obviously, this song won Cebu uh, Kidaside, which we covered earlier in the year. Uh, Dan, were you surprised that this was the winner? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, just pick up on what Simon was saying at the end there. I really enjoyed the, the minimalist staging of this one. For me, though, the song itself is just a bit flat. Her body language gives this impression that she's throwing all of her emotion into the song. But what I'm hearing is kind of the same tone over and over. Eventually, in the last 20 seconds or so, she finally kind of speeds up and it goes into this weird up tempo bit. But after all this hype, I was expecting a bit more from Barbara Deeks. <laughs> Barbara Pravi, she's wearing something entirely sensible, couldn't possibly be accused of winning Barbara Deeks at all. Alex, do you like your continental number here? I do. Uh, I disagree with you both. Uh, I think that it actually demonstrates quite a broad range of hers. She does uh, mousy, timid singing to full-on sort of almost operatic. I think it's. I think it's a really powerful song. I think it's incredibly engaging and borderline uh, hypnotic, or certainly the version that we watched was with the sort of the smoke and the spotlight. Uh, and the fact she's on, she's there on her own, and then they introduce the backdrop of these sort of little pinprick stars. Um, and I think, do you know, it may be repetitive and it may be a bit je ne regrette rien. Voila, 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 might, as a sort of, you know, engaging chorus line, uh, be enough to make people pick up the phone. I think, I think on the night, there are in Eurovision occasionally one or two songs with the sort of, you know, singer up there on their own that does quite well. And, and this, this may be one of those songs this year. I, I, I really liked it. Uh, Minnie, of course, your, your dad is a French teacher so you know exactly what she's been singing about here i do yeah i agree with alex in that it was very emotional and raw and with simon in that it was very french and old school but i think that's a good thing i think it's got quite interesting cabaret vibes it's not like most female song ballads that you tend to get in eurovision i think it's got a nice twist on the format and you can imagine it accompanying a waltz in a french costume drama as they all spin around quicker and quicker so yeah i think this will do quite well a, a bit like salvador sobral i know it's his second mention of the of the episode but i can very much imagine this one being played in a bistro this this has perfect sort of i'm not sure if this is a positive or a negative but it's got a it's got a background music vibe. It's not offensive to the ears. It uh, it sits there nicely, and it's uh, it's quite a easy listen. But I'm I'm quite surprised it's doing quite as well in the odds as it is, as it is because I do think it's quite a an easy listen as opposed to a, a sort of standout vote winner, if that makes sense. But I think it's I think it is pretty standout. I think you know, frantic woman on stage um 
you know, she 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 stays the right side of Screechy, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but it is pretty standout. And I I tell you what, as well, Phil, and this is this is not a test we've ever applied before in mm. the history of this podcast. But of all the songs that we've listened to tonight, this one may make my Eurovision playlist long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Voila. Voila. Exactly. Voila. Alibri. <laughs> Uh, I've got to give it credit for doing exactly what you would hope a French song in French to do. Use one of the few French words that we do know and understand <laughs> repeatedly. Like salut, even salut, us English speakers, <laughs> we know exactly what they mean when she sings. Voila, voila, voila. Uh, I should say as a little factoid here for you all. Uh, Barbara Pravi is, in fact, our second junior Eurovision winner of the episode. Uh, she penned the 2020 junior Eurovision winner, J'imagine, which is of a decidedly different tone. jolly and the stage show was including unicorns and of course the eiffel tower i think uh we're all we're all pleased to see that there's no eiffel tower as yet in the french staging plans this year but there's still time there's still time uh so well, let's start with the nils anyone want to give this their nil point oh look at his face it is with regret that I, I give uh, this warbling Frenchwoman my nil uh, Over and over again, she says, here I am, here I am, here I am. Uh, and my overwhelming reaction is, so what? Uh, if it wins, it'll be from a sort of Salvador Sobral-style position. And this girl doesn't have nearly a weird enough relationship with her sister to make that work. <laughs> Sorry. Just just to clarify, in case anyone's in any doubt, Simon thinks the reason that Salvador Sobral won was potential incest. There's a big there's a big untapped incest vote with Eurovision in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but can we go back to shitting? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's the end of the podcast, isn't it? It's sort of like a closing down sale. Everything <laughs> must go. How low can we go? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just yes. I've just remembered. Well, one of the jokes I've written on the next song is, uh, and it's good news, we can go lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jolly good. Right, okay. Any other nil poise for France here, please? Uh, yes, this is going to get a nil poise from me. And now I go back to agreeing with Simon, which feels like it was about half an hour ago, um, but when he said it was with regret, because it is with regret. Uh, I don't hate this song. Um, I didn't hate any of the songs tonight. You know, we're doing the favourites. We are. Uh, but for me, when this comes on in the night, I'll enjoy it, but I'm not going to love it. And that's kind of basically why it gets my nil point. Lovely. Um, now, douze point. Now, if no one gives a douze point here, it means that all our douze points are on the same song. So would anyone like to give this their douze point? Yep, Phil, I would like to give this my douze point. 
for the reasons I mentioned, I think it's uh, it's it's actually really good, and I I think I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on the night when it does well. Uh, Thirty episodes in, ladies and gentlemen, we've still yet to reach an agreement on pretty much anything. We'll move on to the infamous song number five. This week, it comes from potentially the breakout stars from 2020. This is Iceland and Daddy Freya, or Daddy and Gagna Maria. And their effort this year is 10 years. I don't want to know what it's happening if I never had you love. I didn't even become myself before I met you. I don't want to know what it's happening if I never had you love. Everything about you. No, we can take it slow. Don't take some time, takes a little time to take a little time. Daddy there. Mini, tell us about this one. If I could do it over again, I'd probably do it all the same as before, sings Daddy Freya. And sure enough, this is pretty much the same song as last year's. And why not? They're Eurovision icons without even competing. They're Flight of the Concords meets Galaxy Quest aesthetic proving just as charming this time around with the addition of pyrotechnics into their DIY-looking keytars. The only slight hiccup is a less-than-slick firing of a confetti cannon at the end, but this only adds to the homemade appeal of this, the funkiest thing to come out of Iceland since their lasagnas. <laughs> uh, so, Mini thinks very similar to last year's song. Uh, Alex, where do you sit? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, uh, it's a fantastic, funkier follow-up. Uh, I think I think last year, uh, rightly so, Daddy Freya got a sort of cult following. Um, I, I do wonder if, if uh, you know, COVID hadn't been a thing and Eurovision was performed as normal, whether or not he would have garnered that same cult following. I, I think because so many people saw the song and saw the video, I thought that probably sort of enriched his brand because the video is sort of all about this, as you say, kooky flight of the Concords kind of um, style. So anyway, the band have had a year building up their brand, building up their recognition. Uh, and here they go. I think they topped last year's effort. And I think this, I genuinely think this could win as a result of that. I don't think it's the best song in the competition. I It's not my favourite. I Certainly on this episode, I gave my 12 points to my favourite. Uh, France, but I, I I think this may win. I think I think they have a genuine cult following, and this as a song tops last year's, which was touted, of course, to 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 win. And and we may see Iceland on the uh, picking up the the. It's a glass microphone, isn't it? It's not a golden microphone. A glass, the glass yeah. microphone. Um, at the end of the at the end of the uh, the ceremony. Okay, I'm going to bite my tongue for now, and hand over to Dan. What were your thoughts? So I tried to come at this without any existing bias, uh, you know, like an alternative timeline. 2020 never happened. I've never heard Think About Things. Daddy Freya sounds like a traditional post in the Church of England. Um, <laughs> so, and now to conclude our service, the Daddy Freya will read a passage from the book of Genesis. And so coming, at this, <laughs> coming at this with fresh eyes, what do I think? It's, it's an extraordinary entry. Um, it's fun. It's kooky. What the hell was going on with those weird instruments? And did you see when they let off that party popper? The sound is cool. It's techno. It's kind of like nothing I've heard before, really. The closest comparison I can draw is like Tame Impala crossed with some late era daft punk. So 
the real timeline. Is this as good as Think About Things? No, it's probably not. But this is good enough, I think. It's got the potential to win on its own merit. Okay. Uh, Simon. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with everything Dan said there. I think I, I love Think About Things. I think it's the, like one of the best Eurovision things, and it's such a shame that it wasn't performed. And I think this pales in comparison to that. But even with that, I still love this. And I can't tell whether it's because I love last year's song and everything about it. Uh, this song has the same hallmarks. It's not as good. I don't think many people have said of a Eurovision song, oh, can we add a children's choir? Well, other than Cliff Richard, obviously. Um, <laughs> which I think was a bold call, and I don't think it makes the song better, but it's still a really good effort. And, yeah, I I like the song enough to listen to it more than once, and that's a positive in my eyes. Okay. I see how we managed to drop lower. I do agree with you all. I think it is uh, a good song, uh, but I do think it's not quite as strong as Think About Things. My gut feeling tells me that people won't judge it solely on its own merits in Dan's alternative timeline. People will judge it in the real timeline. Remember, it's not as good as Think About Things. And I think it's marks will actually decrease as a result uh, because think about things were so big, so famous. Even people that don't usually listen to Eurovision songs prior to Eurovision Song Contest will have heard of Think About Things. And so I, I, I think it's going to struggle. I think it is going to pale in comparison to it. So I think we've had all the nil points. So we'll go straight to the doozes. Uh, Minnie, you've still got yours in hand. Yeah, this is getting my dues, and I hope they don't let that guy practice with the confetti cannon before the night. <laughs> uh, Dan? Yeah, as you said, Phil, the big question for this is on the night, how much of the audience, uh, you know, how much are they going to have overplayed Think About Things last year uh, and therefore think this is a bit kind of samey and not quite as good? But, you know, Daddy was denied the opportunity to enter that in 2020, possibly the hottest favourite going into a Eurovision that I can recall yeah. in my amateur point of view. Um, this song would be good enough to win without all that context. So for me, it gets the deuce point. Fair. Uh, Simon? Yes, deuce from me as well. I just, I don't think it's as good as last year's effort, but I do still really like it. I don't think it'll win. I think you're probably right. I think, Phil, I think you'll come in sort of around eighth place. But gosh damn it, that doesn't mean I don't love it. Okay, okay. so... Can I just can I just ask, because you've all yeah. sort of hit along similar themes there, and Simon, you just said that you reckon this is going to come in around about eighth place. Uh, what's what's beating this? Because we've we've had four other favourites today. Switzerland <laughs> is one. But where are the other where are the other uh, other six? That is a good point. I I don't know. I don't know why that. why this gives me eight fives. Yeah, you're, it's yeah. it's. Uh, you've you've asked me a question and completely deconstructed all my. Um, <laughs> I haven't like got an itemised list, and maybe I should have done of well, where I think things are going to come. Uh, in, obviously, Switzerland number one, and a human gap, then something else number two. Yeah, no, in, no one in, is. <laughs> Switzerland's going to win. No one is going to finish between second and seventh, and then Iceland's going to come eighth. <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll all come eighth. They'll, they'll, yeah, I think France will probably come about eighth as well, and also. <laughs> You know, Bulgaria, prob probably that song's good enough for eight. 
And then, you know, maybe what I'm saying is this isn't a ban a year for Eurovision. There's lots of songs that should come about ape. Uh, in a very this times type segue, I I do think that there are a lot of songs that are in contention that are not in this favourites list. This favourites list feels very safe and very secure, whereas next episode coming up from us is the the talked about songs. These are the ones that have garnered headlines for either positive or negative reasons across Europe. And we have got a lot of interesting songs coming up next week. So if you want to view it as the safe episode and the surprising episode coming up, uh, our final preview episode will have five songs that are uh, will shock you to your core, I'm sure. So, uh, Alex, you may well find places second to seventh next time on this time. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you know where these. So Sweden is currently seventh in the odds. You can get longest odds on that are around 20, 21. Bulgaria are sixth in the odds. Uh, you can get about 19 for one. Uh, Iceland are fifth in the odds, 18 or so. Uh, Italy are fourth. Uh, Switzerland have now dropped to third, Simon. Uh, France are in second. Longest odds you can get on Barbara around six to one. Uh, whilst Malta is currently the bookies' favourites, you can only get four to one on Malta at the moment to win this whole thing. Wow. So, uh, yeah, Malta are relatively quite sort of, they are nailed on to be the bookies' favourites until we start seeing the stage shows, in which case everything changes again. But it, it does bring me on. So, a lot of you last time from the first episode from the Hero Nation ones, Simon aside, I think you liked the UK entry the most. Is the UK entry still your favourite or has Iceland overtaken that? We'll, we'll keep a sort of running total. Minnie, what's your, your favourite 2021 song so far? Definitely Iceland over the UK, although I do think Malta are in with a shot. And I almost gave them my 12. I, I think Malta's a it's a really great song. The real thing that lets Malta down for me is that they don't showcase her voice enough, but the song itself is actually great. And uh, so it may be that you don't need to showcase how brilliant a singer she is if she's got a great song. So, um, Dan, UK, Iceland? Uh, Iceland for me, yeah. Um, I did quite like the entry from James Newman. Um, but uh, yeah, I, Danny Fro, I'm a big fan of his. So yeah, absolutely, Iceland. Alex, uh, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I think I think um, Iceland is certainly better than the UK, as others mentioned. And I I would, I would agree with Minnie as well. I think um, Malta. Uh, compared to all of the other entries that we've had today, I think probably have the the license to have the most impressive and visually stimulating staging. Simon, I'm just going to put you down for Switzerland. I hope that's okay. Um, yes, and I'd now like to take this opportunity to sing the Swiss national anthem. Yeah.